0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at BYTE.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with BYTE. What do we say? We're talking about our, our dating lives. Okay. <laughs> hey, what are you doing tonight? And I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Probably hanging out and watching Netflix. Yeah. I don't like, get out of my pajamas for just anybody. <laughs> Well, you don't need to really get to know them anymore, because there's somebody right behind them. You just keep swiping, and you'll find somebody else. I'm Kim Burns. And I'm Shannon O'Brien. And it's a date. Thanks for joining us for our latest edition of It's a Date. I'm Kim Burns. Hello. Hello. I am on Candace Bushnell's phone right now. (laughs) We have a very special guest in our studio. I do want to... um, tell you shannon o'brien unfortunately had a death in her family so she is unable to be part of our podcast today and candace is only in town for a short time so we're gonna go ahead and do the interview so i I have brought in some (laughs) special guests to join us we have super fans in the house uh, meteorologist michelle bogoweth and hello
1: michelle
2: hello hello
0: (laughs) and we also have our producer kelsey williamson who literally just brought in her box set from Sex and the City to have Candace sign for her. You are yes. a little over the edge of a fan.
3: Maybe just a little <laughs> too
0: much. See, I had all and the individual so ones, so I couldn't bring every
1: single one in. So I'm so excited to
2: have you in. Thanks again for joining us. Oh, well, no,
0: I'm, it's great to be here. Can you believe it's been 20 years since Sex and the City?
2: I, I can, actually. I guess I can and I can't. Um, You know, I don't watch, I don't go back and watch the show, Mm -hmm. but sometimes I see stuff about it on social media, on Instagram, and I started watching something. It was from the first season, and I was like, oh, my God, everyone's so young.
3: <laughs>
2: I just, I couldn't believe how young everybody was. And I was like, no wonder everyone's so obsessed with this show. Everyone was so young and innocent and beautiful. <laughs> and, and dressed to the amazing. Nines. And, you know, I guess what, I guess for me, it's, I, you know, I guess I just, it it just just it feels like a different time mm-hmm. when I watch those early episodes. It feels like a re- it feels like a different time. Um and also you know the episodes also were, you know, based on like real things. Mm-hmm. But it seemed like there was dating was nicer back then. Amen. Amen sister. Like if I were going to make a show about dating now, Versus a show dating then, okay, it was horrible. The burger broke up with her on a post-it. Right. <laughs> All right, but today, what people do is just so much worse. Right, ghosting. I they mean, ghost- ghosting, yeah, and <gasps> breadcrumbing. Break up. What's uh, oh, breadcrumbing?
0: I've never heard of that.
2: Oh, they lead you along. You know, they see you every two weeks to keep you interested, just because they want you to be there in case they need you. Mm. You're the backup plan. (laughs) You know, it's like, and there are more broken hearts and disappointments. Right,
0: right. It seems. That's what it seems to me. But I don't know that I officially introduced you.
1: Mm.
2: Candace
0: Bushnell joining us today. Of course, she's the author of Sex in the City and the author of the new book that's out Is There Still Sex in the City? So, what's the answer to that question, Candace?
2: Uh, Yes, but less. And why and do you why say that? why is that? <laughs> uh, well, a couple of things. Number one, everybody is supposedly having less sex. Hmm. Um, Married people, single people. It's younger people, really, are the ones who are having... It's because they're always on their phones. You never but, see anyone in real life. <laughs> but <laughs> on surprised. the other hand, but you know what? But I'm wrong about that because middle-aged people, you know, people over 50, they have the biggest increase in STDs. So middle-aged people, it's like depends on where you are Uh and, you know, kind of what, but they are out there. They're having more sex Mm -hmm. and which actually makes sense because that, that, you know, I mean, not everybody is, um, but it is, it tends to be a cohort of people who, you know, they've been with someone for 20 years. Right. You know, they've been married, they've raised kids. Now they find themselves, they're in their 50s, they're divorced, maybe their kids are grown or don't need them so much, and it's a whole new world out right, there. Right, right. So in that, um, in that
3: age group, Are they going to uh, the dating apps, you know, uh, swipe left,
2: swipe right? uh. Um, I say definitely dating apps. And it's, you know, I mean, the thing that's tricky about dating apps is, is, you know, yes, maybe 40% of people meet online Mm -hmm. or even 50%, but that's still... Fifty percent who didn't, right? Okay, and they met, but how many did you meet? You know, I don't, I don't know. You have I'm to kiss always...
1: a lot of toads to meet the prince
2: charming. I'm I can tell always, you that. Did meet yes. her Prince Charming? I'm always a little, sus- you know, suspicious, but that is what everybody says: is that you know, if you you kind of have to go on the right ones. If you're, you know, if you're a woman over fifty you know, if you are looking for guys your age, you should go on an over 50 website. Right. Because you know? most of the guys in that age group want younger <laughs> 20 and 30 year olds. Oh yeah. See that's, I mean, that's the other reality for women. I mean, it's always mm-hmm. been a right. reality that, you know, men date younger and men can date younger because they have the resources Mm -hmm. i mean who's got the money right (laughs) when you've got the money and the power you can date younger you can date older you can do whatever you want and one of the things that's so interesting is that you know if you look at an example of a group of people who have the money and have the power how do they behave well that's men how Mm -hmm. do they behave they're having sex whenever they want, whoever they want. They're watching porn all the time. It's like sex, sex, sex. So, hmm. and how do women I compete with that? I mean, <laughs> well, I say to women, you you know, women have they've got to make your own. You've got to make your own money and be your own person because that's the reality of today. Is right. that you know that sort of model, the economic model of a guy who's going to look after you. It's not It's not what it used to be. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're ever going to go back to
1: the old ways of dating, meeting people organically and in person, or do you think this
2: is well, the new normal now? What I think is that I think there's going to be a combination because one of the problems with online dating is that you have to go through so many profiles and meet so many people and a friend of mine it's exhausting she's in <laughs> she's the, I mean she's always gonna meet someone because she has that kind of personality I mean number one is if you have a certain kind of personality, some people do. This friend of mine is, she's super nice, yet she's super confident. She's a little bit unflappable. She laughs a lot. She's not judgmental. She's usually up and she's supportive. And, uh, you know, she's, She might not be the most beautiful woman in the room, but guys want to talk to her. They want to be around her. Mm -hmm. She always has a boyfriend. She has that X factor. Yes. And so she went online and she said she knew she was going to have to go through a hundred guys. And so she just did it and she found someone and she's really, really happy with them, but she put in the time Uh and effort. And the work. And the work, and I think that's, you know, it's like if you really feel like you want a partner, then you should say, I want a partner, and I'm not out here futzing around no games. to see if like, oh, hey, well, you're hot. Oh, gosh, well, I like you. Okay, but you know, we're totally different, but you're hot. Let <laughs> me you'll try do it. for now. You know, you'll do for <laughs> now. Mr. Right or
0: Mr. Right for now. That's.
3: That's just thinking, like, as far as red flags, do you think people are having to compromise a little more, like, or do you still think women should make their list, and the first Stick sign to it. of something,
2: just... Stick to it. Move
3: on. Because I feel it. Like, I mean...
2: Well, I think, you know, I mean, one of the realities is, you know, years and years ago when you kind of had to be with a man, you know, there were a lot of abusive relationships. I mean, that's one of the things that we have to remember is, you know, a, you know that heterosexual relationship for women actually can be very, very dangerous. Um, So I think that's really why it's so important for women to be able to make their own choices of whether or not they want to be in a relationship. So if you're with somebody who becomes abusive, you can leave. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are signs of you know, somebody becoming abusive and uh, you know and I think those are things, all things that women should be aware of. And mm-hmm. so I think that there's certain behaviors that you just can't put up with as a person. Um, because you don't want to be in a dangerous situation. There's no upside to trying to rehabilitate that person
3: right Right. and we have we have tons of shelters and and different resources here in kansas city that really focus on helping women that are in those tough situations getting out um and i'm sure we have the links if not Mm -hmm. we'll make sure get those on our website fox4kc.com
2: right and then you know the and then the other side of the coin is (sighs) there seems to be some kind of of disconnect, and I could be wrong about this, but I do meet guys out there, nice guys, and they say they just can't, they say they're having a hard time meeting women. I'm like, what? <laughs> they say, but this is actually what they say. They they feel like they're having a hard time meeting women who like don't want to use them, for their money or something and so I think that you know there are a lot of guys out there who they don't want to be used and when they feel like for whatever reason they're being used they're like no I'm gonna get back out there and use somebody else so it's it's there seems to be a disconnect and one thing that apparently is coming to the rise which is quite interesting is the matchmaker and they're different kinds of matchmakers like some are in their early 20s and they're kind of bait you know Uh. they're really attractive they're hired because when you know and they they're the ones that they go online and they they shuffle through these guys Mm -hmm. and they have databases that are, uh, you know, apparently, like, if you took every single dating site in the world, hmm. you know, somewhere there's that database. And if you send them a photograph of your favorite movie star who you want your partner to look like, <laughs> they will source oh, out a person who looks like that person.
3: I've heard that that's always... Or, there was, what was the TV show with, was it Patty? Yes. The matchmaker? That was her, like, yes, one that question her... she asked everyone because, bottom line, you have to be sexually attracted to, be attracted to these to someone, people. Yeah.
2: But, yeah. So that's something that's interesting.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about some of the other phenomenon um, that you're seeing that you cover in your new book, Is There Still Sex in the City? What is age madness? I think I'm probably right in the middle of it, but I want to hear
2: your definition. Well, middle age madness is when a whole bunch of, you know, somewhat profound and life-altering events hit you all at once. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of those is menopause,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but it's not really the necessarily the driving factor but there's also it's also a time of loss and it's a time when children can be leaving the nest um it's also a time when you know chances are a parent's going to pass away and probably a friend is going to pass away right around 50 right it's like everybody has a friend that it's like god i can't believe that um so you start to, you know, they're, you know parents can have problems. So you start to have, you know, a career can end. Um, so there are, you know, real issues. And, you know, if a parent dies, that really can change somebody's world mm-hmm. and change their perspective. And then on top of that, if you add divorce... Then you've got basically divorce, death, and moving, which are, I hit the trifecta. People, <laughs> it's the tri- and I'm telling you, it's this trifecta. And just because of you know the way life is chronologically, when those three things hit you at once, those are the three biggest stressors. And it really can rock somebody's world. And people make, you know, have some often have to make big changes. I mean, I've seen guys, I've seen 55 year old guys who had to move back in with their mother. Oh, wow. You know, so it's not, doesn't just hit women, but it hits, and it's a whole bunch of stressors at once. And it's a time when you also find, if you find you're single again, that you really need your girlfriends again, Mm -hmm. the way you did in those sex in the city days. So that's another element of this book is like the full circle of friendship Mm -hmm. and how really important that is. Because even though, you know, you you can't have guys and this and that, you know, you do know that it's, it could be temporary. Mm-hmm.
3: That was something that was so inspiring for me, um, watching that show was this family-like bond that mm-hmm. these four women had, um, and I feel like now They're soulmates. with technology, you can do group texting. I mean, it's different though. The interactions between you and your friends. Everyone has busier lives with kids and and things yes. like that, but. Like you're saying, you're still encouraging that, and it's right. getting creative. Like Kim, I know you have a couple group texts with right. groups of your friends, and and they make me
0: die laughing every single day. Like I can't wait to open when I see that this group is texting. I can't wait to open it because I'm like, oh dear lord, what, yes. <laughs> what
2: are they what up to are now? These crazies and up I today? and I have to say, like, I mean, what happened to me was I uh, I moved. I lived in this little town. I call it the village in the book. And at first, and I had two friends who were also single and, like me, had never had children. So we were always like, oh, we're going to take care of each other because we're in a Mm -hmm. particular. But then we had a whole bunch of other friends who got divorced. And they all came, you know, where the other single women were. And I have to say, it was... it it actually was really fun. You know, Uh there was a lot of laughing. Yes, there was like drinking, but it's like (laughs) reconnecting with that, you know, just great feeling of girlfriends. Right. And just building each other up and having that, that
0: just source that, you know, you can rely on and you can trust and kind of that history that you have with those people and they know your past and who you are and where you came from. And I think that's comforting. For people,
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's a pressure for women to stay young and youthful and beautiful? Because I know in your new book you talk about yeah. what the Mona Lisa treatment, which we right. hadn't heard of yeah. before. What is that? So okay.
2: that's well, that's it's interesting. Um, I, as far as pressure on women to stay young, I do think. That there is, but I think there's more, I think there's more pressure on people to be attractive mm-hmm. because everybody's on a screen these days. Right. We are all on a screen. And by now, if you're on Instagram and you don't know how to do your own makeup because there's so many makeup knows. tutorials, <laughs> it's like, okay, and there's something wrong with you. Everybody, <laughs> there's so, there's so much information mm. out there and people, I'm just sucking up. So it's driven by an innate human desire, I think, uh, to look younger. But yes, I do think that there is pressure, you know, more pressure than ever. And, but I also think it, you know, it really depends on the person, you know, how much you want to do, what you feel comfortable doing. Now, there's this thing called the Mona Lisa treatment, which is a laser that they do in your you know what.
3: They're doing it here in Kansas City. Oh, yes. What does it do
2: to your you know what? Well, it's supposed to rejuvenate it. It basically does what lasers do it, you know, it will, you know, it thickens it, it improves the circulation. All, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like what's—it's skin and muscle, right, yeah, you know. Right, I mean, right. that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about like, oh, this is some strange substance, you know, that we've never seen before in there. No, it's like just you know, yeah. like the rest of your freaking body. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this isn't to make, but your you
0: know what more attractive. This is no because it's it. inside. Okay, got so
2: it. it's and. So it's just to, like, restore elasticity, whatever. And and I know it sounds a bit shocking, but apparently there are about 77 options for men who suffer from any kind of erectile dysfunction. Huh. There are many, many options. And for women, they're like zero. Two. You know, <laughs> or maybe three. And so this is one of them. And... Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't, because that's the way lasers are. But I heard stories of it worked, and the women left their husbands. Oh. Oh, yeah. They, they said, hey, I, I've been restored, and I'm out of here. <laughs> Peace
1: out.
2: Peace wow. out. Oh, my. I know. So... That was another thing. I thought, well, what if I do it and I just go crazy? (laughs) It'll be so embarrassing.
0: Let's talk about cubbing because um, we all know about, you know, the whole cougar phenomenon and women who are older going after younger
2: guys and, and that sort of thing. But this is... This is different. This is a 180 degrees different. This is younger guys pursuing older women. Why do you think that is? Do they want to well, be taken care of? Do they want to... What's well, the Do they have mommy issues? <laughs> mommy issues. <yeah. laughs> you know, first of all, th- let's say, look, one word, S-E-X, sex. When, you know, tw- younger guys... <sighs> Oh, younger guys who are we kidding <laughs> all little guys, boys all guys they if they can have find a way to have sex they tend to do so and these always are I mean and first of all women are I, I mean a woman today in her 50s is like a woman you know 30 years ago who was in her 30s, really. I mean, people do look better, et cetera, and they keep up. Um, The other thing is that these guys grew up without this idea that an older woman is, you know, horribly unattractive and like an old witch that you could never, ever be attracted to in a million years, which is how men my age grew up, Mm -hmm. hearing that message. These guys didn't get that message because of porn. They got the m- message of the milf, which is the older hot woman that is super sexy. So that is, and that is, was one of the biggest porn terms googled, huh, of all time. So it's a very, very popular. <laughs> <laughs> fantasy. Uh, okay. And and as we've seen with all of these other porn practices, people want to put them into practice mm-hmm. in real life. So there isn't this, for younger guys, there isn't this stigma. Right. And they, you know, it's an adventure. Um, they can usually <clears throat> get access to... You know, a world they might not get access to. Like, how do you think the woman feels about that? With the I younger think guy, I think the woman we feels. About well, the guy, so I, I mean, in general, I found that women <laughs> kind of think it's a lark. Well, yeah, uh, because I mean, one of the realities is, you know. A guy who's 22 is, he's still freaking 22. I mean, even guys. (laughs) Like, I I have three kids. I don't need four. Yes. Well, (laughs) I had a lot. I had friends who, they had these cubs around. And, you know, the cub could be like 32. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they have these certain things. Like, suddenly the cub is homeless. And he's going to stay with you for the summer. You know, cubs can be kind of looking for an opportunity, right. but they also provide certain things. You know, sex <laughs> and and they help with. You know, a lot of them will go to the grocery store and pick up the meat for the barbecue. Oh, they might mow the lawn. Oh. Sure mow the lawn. <laughs> I'm sweating. Mm-hmm. So, I need my lawn but mode. it doesn't usually. I mean, after a while, I'm like. I would look around, and I'm with my girlfriends, and my friends are in their 50s and 60s. And it's like, really? Like, what are you, yeah. like, 28-year-old? I'm just, it's just like, just be quiet, okay? Go away. Like yeah. can,
3: Go away. It can be fun in the beginning, but then whenever reality comes in, and, and if you, holidays are gonna introduce them, like, I could see this isn't going anywhere, or... Well, and then I feel like, remember
0: when Demi Moore and Ashton Kutcher were together, and like she said, after that whole thing ended, how hard that, how difficult that was just to constantly be comparing herself to younger, to women that were his age, or who were his age. You know, I just would, I don't know. I'd feel constantly insecure. Plus, I'd be
2: like, I'm old enough to be your mom. Like, ew. Well, you know, the only thing about, I mean, the reality of, you know, older women, younger guys. It's, it's like, you know what the, if you're with an older guy, there are a lot of older guys who trade women in for a young, for a younger model when they reach a certain age. So right. there are kind of no guarantees like mm-hmm.
3: either, That's way, true. either yeah. way. Right. So another um, phenomenon you touched on in the new book is the my new boyfriend phenomenon.
2: Yeah. What is that? What is
3: that? <laughs> Well, oh,
2: I like that. that's when you're. <laughs> that's when you're. You know, you start dating again. You're in your fifties, and people start pairing up again. Like, you know, it's it's, it's like round like two high almost. School. Yeah, it could be a little bit like high school. You know, people are kind of boyfriend girlfriend. Um, you know, for I don't know. It could be. 2 years could be 10 years. I've seen these and then wow. they don't last. But yes, it's like another new boyfriend phase because also when you think about it at a certain age like mm I think the difference is that at this age you're not looking to reproduce. Mm-hmm. So if yeah, someone's your boyfriend <laughs> if someone's your boyfriend for 10 years, you know what? That's fine. Mm-hmm. Nobody needs to be, you know, you don't have to get married. You don't have to raise a kid. You don't have to have that reproductive lifestyle, Mm -hmm. which, you know, we think is, oh, that's what a a relationship should look like. But that's not necessarily true at this age. It doesn't have to look like, you know, ma, pa, and, Mm -hmm. you know, two dogs right. at
3: that point it's more about having fun and enjoying your life
2: yes I mean people are uh, I mean they you know they, people are looking to they want to do things with people mm-hmm. you're single yes and I have uh, my new boyfriend oh let's hear about him and I've been seeing him for a little bit over two years and, and what do you call him is that your Mr. Big? I read Big? this. Oh, MNB, my M&B, new boyfriend. M&B, yeah, yes. MNB, and um, yes, and I met him through Chris Noth, who yeah. plays Mr. Big on the TV show. Oh, so he's nice. Mr. nice.
3: He's Mr. Bigger. He's Mr. Bigger Big...
2: because, well, he's a little bit taller than Chris <laughs> Noth, and he's like, I wonder if Chris is mad that I'm like Mr. Bigger. <laughs> <laughs> i like, I don't know. Anyway, he's he's just adorable. He's just adorable. So.
3: What advice would you give women who are in that and what is it, MNB? Or at, ma'am, middle-aged madness. Yeah, that one too. <laughs> just as far as knowing this too shall pass. And I think it's really,
2: you know, one of the things that I found is it's, this could be a time when life, forces you to work on yourself. Mm -hmm. Like this is the time where if it's like, it honestly is a time where you got to shed bad habits because those, you realize that those bad habits are really, they're holding you back. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm talking about the simple things like exercising, eating right. It's like all of the stuff that you didn't do before it's like you got to cut back on the alcohol. Um, so it's, it's a time when, yeah, you kind of, and you have to l- learn how to, in a way, be alone mm-hmm. before you can start all over and be with somebody right, else.
0: Right. And be happy
2: alone. Yes. And be happy with who you are. You need are to be, before happy you can be happy alone. With else. Yeah. Interesting. So.
0: All right. Um there is a possible new T V
2: series in the works with this? Yes, that is true. It's true. I and I'm working on it. So So you're
0: are you going to be helping to select these this next it's
2: not the previous group of cast.
0: characters? Right.
2: And it's not a sequel. No, it's not a clear. sequel. It's it's all different characters and it actually takes place outside of New York City like in the book and as is so typical for this time in life the characters are have I <laughs> got outside the of the city <laughs> yes they you know they're outside of the city and you know so we'll see their journey as they get back and reclaim their territory so it's really like mm-hmm. you know the city I guess it's like I felt like the city was breaking up with me. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really like a breakup with the city. And you've got to go and find a different way and then go back.
1: Do you have these new characters based off of people in your
2: life? No. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) you know, all of the stories are initially driven... By s- a core of something that happened to somebody, mm-hmm. okay. but th- the details get changed. I mean, for me, I call the book "Is There Still Sex in the City?" Autofiction because it's autobiographical elements of my life in a fictionalized setting. Mm-hmm. And so I hear lots and lots of stories, and uh, you know, they get assigned. These stories get assigned to certain characters. Um, and then the editor is like, that's, you know, 10 characters is too many. We need six. And then that, you know, six for the TV series turns into five and things get so changed around Mm -hmm. that you feel like, you know, the characters, but you don't, I mean, you don't, this person does not exist. So that's, it ends up like. It starts with the, you know, an essence of, you know, and then you take different elements from other people and you build it together. Well, because I feel like in the first Sex and the City,
1: I could identify with each one of the characters separately with one specific thing from each. I was never fully one character, but I saw myself in Miranda and a little bit in Samantha and a little in Carrie,
2: you know, and Charlotte. Right. So. And that's what. One, you know, wants to do with these characters. That's, you know, that's something that, you know, you, one deliberately sets out yeah. to do. And it to resonates with
1: the, the women and and men who read, follow, watch. So I think that speaks volumes.
3: And this, I mean, this whole, sex in the city is like a rite of passage. Mm-hmm. Like Like, and even now, like you were saying, younger and younger are getting into it and um but it all started with your column mm-hmm. you said that column you began so the series was about i think last year it had its 20th anniversary last yes. year in june but your column started way before that right it or, started or, in 1994
0: so so were you like a carrie bradshaw that had a
3: I Car- was Carrie Bradshaw. Carrie Bradshaw was based off of her entire of column. Your yeah. life. Y- y- so
0: that's, that's why I think you look like Carrie Bradshaw and you're dressed all cute and you're like...
2: <laughs> snappy. <laughs> yeah, because that's, that's who I am. That's you. So she, Sarah Jessica Parker's playing me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that.
3: I just I love, love that. that. And that's... and meeting you in person. Um, another thing I've always heard the saying, uh, look good, feel good. Um, mm. You know, And as far as fashion... Like, I am obsessed with your dress. So, mm. after this, we need to get a picture so we can post <laughs> it with a yep. podcast. Um, but Carrie Bradshaw was so, I don't know, adventurous with what she wore. Um, is that something, style. yeah? Is that something you think women should explore? And, um, you know, I think, I th- you know, I don't
2: know that women should do anything, but I think. That, you know, fashion is something that you either, it's like you're either interested in it or you're just not that interested. And some people have a knack for it and some people, they just don't. And, you know, I will sometimes put things together, but it's partly because when I was little, my mother sewed our own clothes and I had two younger sisters, so she used to dress us up like little... Dolls. Oh. You know, down to all of these little details. So it was something that I became aware of. It's really At I an early that. age. You know what I should Okay. Cold. We will
0: wrap this up. If you would like to buy Is There Still Sex in the City, Candace Bushnell's latest book. You can find those at Rainy Day Books, which is who brought you here kansas city thank you so much for being with us thank you guys thank for you. sitting in super fans and y'all have a great day it's great a date guy.